This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Welcome to the Candlelight Podcast, where we turn our broken hallelujahs into melody lines of impact. And I am your host, Lydia Gago. Today's theme, family, living my dreams. You know, I couldn't help but think about, you know, um, the great Muhammad Ali when he said, don't count the days, make the days count. Wow. Don't count the days, make the days count count and today i am privileged to have my cousin gideon amwa to just share a little bit about that in his journey he has been through quite a lot over the last couple of years but he lives intentionally and we want to just tap into that intentional living that he has come to embrace for himself and also his family and he's also making waves as a life coach. So Gideon Amwa, welcome to The Candid Life. Thank you very much. Uh, It's a pleasure to be on your show. You know, Gideon, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to share your story. So I'm not gonna give any big, long introduction. I want you to tell our listeners and our viewers a little bit about yourself. And so this is your platform. So tell us a bit about yourself, about your family, where you're from, and any other details you want to fill in. So, um, my birth name is Gideon Walango Kwame Amwa. Uh, Walango being uh, the creator is good. And Gideon, my parents are uh, um, reflecting of being a Christian and they like the story of Gideon, so they gave me the name Gideon. Uh, Kwame is the Saturday born, and Amwa is my grandfather's name, which uh, we carry with pride. Mm. Uh, I was born in Ghana and uh, lived there till I was 18. And then I just started my travels um, between Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Botswana, England, uh, and now living in the States. I've been in the States for over a decade. And uh, I have my wife and my daughter. Um, we have our home in uh, Madison. Um, it's uh, been a journey uh, from Ghana during my high school, what we call secondary school. I went to business school in Zimbabwe and then I, I uh, ended up in England. England was very interesting because um, I was attending business school, uh, reading uh, human resource management and uh, at the same time working. I had two jobs and I had to go to school as well. So that was a tough one. But like you said, you know, a lot happened, you know, over the last couple of years. So without diving into the the mix of it, I mean, you are well-traveled. You've been in different places. You've studied, you've worked, and now you are here in the States. Uh, but life hasn't been too easy for you. I think the last couple of years definitely was challenging. Uh, what happened? Well, my challenges started with, uh, I would say, there's a series of challenges. I'll start with the health challenges and then we can um, sneak in the other challenges. But um, in uh, 1987, whilst I was in school in England, I almost finished my um, dissertation and I had a, 
uh, nervous breakdown. I had a diagnosis of bipolar disorder and basically I went manic um, and I was hospitalized for eight weeks, came back, got depressed, went back, hospitalized for eight weeks. Um, part of the stay was in Ma Manchester with uh, your mom and your dad and they were a pillar because it was really tough. Your dad came to get me from London um, to Manchester um, where I was admitted at the Manchester uh, infirmary. And God being so good, um, I had the support and uh, some of my dreams at that time, I had to jettison uh, and um, travel back to Ghana. Um, got back to Ghana and uh, got a job with Deloitte and Touche as a management consultant. And uh, that was really a nice job. Travel around the country, working in different projects and consulting. And uh, lived in England, lived in Ghana for about four years and uh, met uh, Kisha, my wife. We have a daughter, Senna, and we live in uh, Madison today. That's great. I'm listening to, you know, just even that s small snapshot of what you shared about having the, the, the nervous breakdown and being diagnosed with bipolar to working at this Deloitte company, traveling, and then meeting your wife, Keisha, who has been a pillar for you over the years. Are you still, of course, uh, managing the bipolar? How has that you know, presented itself over the years? Um, uh, my coach, Tony Robbins, says stuff happens for us, not to us. Mm. Um, when I met Keisha in Ghana in uh, 1998, we were just good friends. And uh, she said she was going to school in uh, the States to do her doctorate in political science. And we thought about it for a while and uh, did this distant relationship business. Um, and after probably about six months, I, I was like, this is not going to work this way. So I'm just going to move to the States. So I moved to the States. And uh, what, what, what was interesting when I reflect now is that Kisha's experience and knowledge of my illness made it possible for me to live life. Mm. And what do I mean by that? With, with bipolar, you either have a mania or you have depression. And during my manias, she was able to recognize that Gideon is going in a different direction and he needs help. And so the help normally would be in the form of going to see a psychiatrist and the medication being adjusted and uh, doing various therapies. And she has been the pillar in helping me live life. Mm. And so today I can live life and say I'm living my dreams. Mm. And the dream is actually getting married to her, having a daughter, being able to decide what to do my, with my time. I can coach, I can just stay, I can be a stay-at-home parent, and it all works together for good. Many times you say stuff and you don't really know that God is behind you, pushing you, and in his own time, stuff would happen. When I joined Kisha in, uh, in Chicago, I, that was July 7, 2001. And I had to wait for my work authorization and uh, paperwork to go through. Then came 9-11 and nobody was recruiting any foreigners. 
Hmm. I was stuck um, and I had to reinvent myself by myself. So I started a, co a, a moving business, helping people to move their furniture um, on the University of Chicago campus. That was going on well, but uh, moving jobs uh, require employing people and I wasn't in a position to employ people. So I just made a switch and joined the University of Chicago in the uh, accounting office. They call it the comptroller's office. Um, I was a temp there doing clerical work. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard to, 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 for my ego because uh, from a management consultant coming to America and doing clerical work, uh, that just didn't work well. But uh, within seven years, I was VP um, in the physical sciences uh, uh, department. So in God's own way, during that seven years, there's a lot of stuff which God showed me. Part of what God showed me is patience, perseverance, and he's always by your side. Don't worry too much, but worry a little bit because a little bit will put, keep you on focus. Mm -hmm. Kisha finished school in um, Chicago. She moved on to Madison. And again, God being so good, I got a job in Madison. The, the transition was smooth until uh, February 28, 2013, mm. when I got fired from my job. The interesting thing about getting fired was that the day before we had a performance appraisal and I got an A+. Plus. Hmm. So it was like, how, how could this happen? Now, I was going through a depression phase then, and I suspect that what happened was part of the depression made me a right fit for the job, but a wrong fit for the space. And um, then the following day, I had pneumonia. We went to the ER. They took blood pressure. They did a lot of different combinations. And um, one of the young doctors said, this is strange that this young man came here a year ago with pneumonia and he has pneumonia again. That's not typical. So they wanted to do a scan and they did the scan and in my abdominal area, they saw a mass and they suspected that that mass would be um, cancer. So that was like a shock to all of us. Thinking back now, there's a reason why I was in the States. The process I went through from the cancer diagnosis to an 11 hour uh, surgery, a surgery which cost almost a million dollars. Then the surgeon said something which really hit home hard. The size of the tumor was the size of a golf ball. And it's been in my system probably for forever. He said, maybe if we look at the, the growth pattern of the tumor, probably had it when I was 28 years old. And wow. 28 years old, I was in, I think I was in England. Why was I in Madison? Why did I end up in Madison when in, two, in 1987, when I returned to Ghana and joined Deloitte, I had said to myself, I had had enough of travels, I was gonna stay put at home. The medical system in Ghana is such that there was no way they would have caught this tumor. Um, it's a neuroendocrine tumor, which, is make, which means it's a very slow growing tumor. And normally when they catch 
cancer in your pancreas, it's normally around stage four because cancer doesn't show very well. My incidental hospitalization in the ear led to them finding a stage two neuroendocrine tumor. God is working in his own way. There's no way one can even start to understand and explain this because it's just a pure miracle. Being in Wisconsin, having the number, number four doctor in the world who does surgery on pancreatic cancer patients, having health insurance, which is a huge deal in the States. Um, and then the huge thing about being a cancer patient, proximity to a hospital is key. We live about 30 minutes from the hospital. There are people who live on the northern part of uh, Wisconsin who have to drive down, get a hotel room, go through all the different treatments, um, driving back and forth, and all those back and forths uh, for a patient can weaken you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's more than a blessing that I am in Madison today and I'm doing very well. I'm listening to this story and... Hmm. I mean, something you said earlier on, which was your, your coach said to you, things don't happen to you, they happen for you. And all the different things that you've said so far about how things were working out, you know, things have been working out for you good. Although, you know, some challenges have come along or things that may seemingly be negative things have come along. But really, they have provided opportunity for life for you right now. You know, you going back to Ghana, meeting Keisha. But let's just kind of back up from there. You coming to England, experiencing this bipolar diagnosis, having that support of family with you. Then going back to Ghana, meeting Keisha, who understood how the whole bipolar um, diagnosis works. And so she's able to then give you the support that you need in order to live a full life. Yep. Working at that company, Deloitte, and then coming to the States, living in Wisconsin. And again, what you said there about, I was a good fit for the company, but it wasn't the right space for me. Those are really powerful words, you know, that even in those movements, God was still working out a greater purpose because if that had not happened and you didn't have that pneumonia thing, you would not be in the hospital. They would not have found the cancer. I've always said that there's that tiny voice who is whispering in you and you don't hear it. God's In God's own way, he guides you mm-hmm. and he puts people in your path. If you listen to that tiny little voice, which is very, very tiny, which means you have to be calm, you should be able to meditate and just be quiet. Mm. And in God's own time, things work together for good. Yeah. In Zimbabwe, I was a bodybuilder. I won the national championships in Zimbabwe. I moved to Botswana. I won the national championships in Botswana. The way we've been brought up is you have to have a degree from England. Mm -hmm. So after doing all this bodybuilding stuff, I moved to England to do my academic work. 
um, having the breakdown gives me the opportunity to tell people that you can have a nervous breakdown, you can bounce back, hmm. you can finish your degree, you can go back to Africa, you can get a job, hmm. you can find a mate, hmm. you can move back or move to the States, you can get cancer, hmm. you can get a doctor, hmm. you can be 35 minutes from the, from the um, hospital, you can have health insurance, hmm. and you can then come out and talk to other people. Now, on the cancer journey, so 2013 is diagnosis, um, the surgery, then the surgery was to remove the endocrine tumor. So that was July. October, the scan revealed another tumor, a hetal cell in the thyroid. So we have to figure out what to do with that. We decided we'll remove the thyroid. So we removed the uh, right one in um, October, and then we removed the left one in uh, March. The mind games that cancer plays with you, it's just the crying, the hoping, the disappointment, the dreams, all are in flux. But God being so good, we decided as a family that Gideon will become what Americans call the stay-at-home parent. And that has been helpful because during that time, Keisha was working on her tenure, which she has a tenure job now. And then our daughter, Senna, was also going through her different um, medical hoops. Um, she's okay now, we thank God. 2017, a recurrence. This time around, the surgeon thought he would have to remove the whole pancreas. Now, for somebody without a thyroid and with somebody who is uh, mental health issues, the lifestyle changes, which would okay if he had removed the whole pancreas, um, was just, I couldn't phantom it and I couldn't, I couldn't accept that. So God being so good, in February 2018, the FDA approved a medication um, which was already in Europe, but Americans had not accepted it. In February, it was accepted, and therefore I could have what we call a peptide radioactive radionuclear treatment, PRRT. And I was one of the first people in Madison to go through that treatment. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically radioactive isotopes um, going into the tumor and blasting it up. And so after four rounds of the treatment, we would say disappeared. Um, the neurocurrent endocrine tumor really doesn't disappear. It just um, grows very slowly. And so you can heat it up with radiation um, and then it would take its own time to do whatever it wants to do. Um, and God would decide what, what would happen with that. So we just uh, shelved that and take God take care of that and we live our dreams. That's great. You know, with that, Gideon, we are going to go ahead and take a break because you've shed so much already. And I think our listeners need to just process everything that you've said so far. So family, we are going to go ahead and take a very, very brief break and we'll be back to listen to more of Gideon's story. 
Welcome back to the Candid Life podcast. And I am your host, Lydia Gago family. We are privileged to be speaking with Gideon Amwa as he shares with us how he is living his dream. That is our theme for this podcast. And Gideon has been sharing about his, uh, the medical challenges that he's had over the years, but also bringing to a reminder that, you know, things don't happen to us. Things happen for us. And sometimes when life is going on and you don't fully understand what is going on around you, you really have to take a moment, look back and reflect, and you will see that even through those challenges, God is still working out a purpose for good. And that is what Gideon has been sharing with us. And so we're going to carry on. Um, you talked about the new medication that you had an opportunity of being one of the first people in Wisconsin to have that really made a difference to your life um, as somebody who has the PNET uh, yeah. cancer diagnosis. So I think one of the key things that you have to do, especially with this condition, is live a stress-free life. Yes? Now, yes, how <laughs> do you do that in this world with so much stress around you? I mean, what have you done? What changes have you made to try and make sure that you reduce the amount of stress in your daily living? Mm -hmm. um, if you accept that, there's God, there's ancestors, there's the universe, whichever way you want to look at it, but something spiritual is going on. Mm -hmm. Then all things work together for good and they would work irrespective of which way you want it to go. If it has to happen that way and you go the right direction, it will draw you to the center. If you have to go to the right, it will draw you back to the center. Um, it's an issue of how much patience we have and how much patience we allow ourselves. Mm. Uh, so in my coaching business, the first thing I tell my client is, uh, don't listen to the news. <laughs> don't, don't go on the TV in the evening and listen to people who every time you listen to them get rating and their rating translates into some monetary reward. Um, don't spend too much time clicking on YouTube videos. Uh, put all your notifications off um, all your apps, put your notifications off, and you really need all those apps. So the media has its own way, and I refuse to participate in the media. I, I refuse to click and get somebody to, somebody, you click and somebody makes a, a back. But, 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 but also more important is the physical, um, physical work that I do. Um, right now, I'm walking two miles every day. Mm -hmm. I have some weights in my basement and I do some fitness work. Mm -hmm. um, diet is extremely important. Um, I'm not on a diet, but I eat a balanced diet and I watch what I put on the plate and I watch the size of the plate and I watch what time of the day I do eat. Um, I drink a lot of water and I spend time with people who contribute to my life people who give value so i'm very quick to be able to decide am i getting value from you or not and if i'm not getting value from you 
I gently excuse myself from your space. Mm -hmm. So spend a lot of time with my wife and my daughter. Um, spend a lot of time with relatives and friends who are all over the States. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks to Zoom, spend a lot of time with people who are in the other parts of the world. Typical Ghanaians, we have relatives all over the place. <laughs> and so part of the stress management is having chats with all these people, not only talking about your issues, but listening to them as well. And in a small way, pray with them and contribute to, to them and add value to their lives. One thing I've found is being very intentional in who I hang around with because I think people have different values and the longer you hang around with them, you either pick up their values or they pick up your values. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody had a chat with me this morning and said, Gideon, you do have a calling. And I paused for a moment. I didn't really think about it as a calling. I've always thought of it as a coach. However, what's the difference between a coach and a calling? Um, pretty much close. So taking my time, picking my friends, trying to make sure I'm not in stressful environments, having good exercise, having good diet. Um, it's the way I deal with stress. Mm -hmm. That's good. I, I mean, I love the fact that you talked about intentionality. You just have to be intentional about cutting out things that are sapping your energy, things that are adding. To We're not supposed to really be living or, or you know, creating environments where our stress levels are constantly high. I know some people feel they thrive in stress, but our systems are not designed for yeah. that level yeah. of stress. Yeah. yeah. And so we really need to be intentional, like you say, to cut out things that are constantly sapping energies, you know, creating healthy boundaries around our relationships so that we allow the positive things to come in and we can, you know, keep the negativity at bay. Life is going to happen, right? But how we choose to respond to uh, the the 10% <laughs> of what life throws us, you know, at us is going to make a difference. And so 90% is how we respond. 10% is what happens. So I, I like that. So, uh, so you have been at home supporting the family, you know, primarily because of the, you know, some of the health challenges that you've had over the years and just really had a very supportive wife. Uh, and daughter as well during this time so I do have to ask you I mean culturally men always feel that they have to be the breadwinner and I don't think it's just yeah culturally let's put it that way and especially Africans let's, let's just go down to the nitty-gritty when it comes to Africans so when you think about a stay-at-home dad really a stay-at-home dad I mean how has that been a challenge i mean has it been a challenge for you has it do you feel it's taken away from your manhood i mean what talk to me about that because i know certain men would really have a challenge with that um i mean how how have you dealt with that being a stay-at-home dad i think is the best job you can have in the world that's why i think i'm living my dreams because i get to see my wife do well she has time to take care of her academic um, academic work. She enjoys teaching, so she has time to teach. She enjoys 
um, Senna's company. Senna is always well because Senna and I are always well. So she gets to enjoy Senna. She gets to enjoy her teaching. But also, like I was saying before, you got to be very careful what you say because the good Lord has his own way of um, letting you have it. I, until I got to the stage where I was diagnosed, had pretty much had what I think a good career. And I had, in 2001, I'd said to Keisha, at some stage when you finish um, school, you're going to be driving the direction of the family. Um, probably said it as a joke, but still I think back and I'm like, all the journey along the line has led to this um, position that I have the privilege of staying at home. The typical African man has issues and the ancestors can deal with that and the Holy Spirit will convict that as well. So. Um, so so to the typical African man, I would say, let the Holy Spirit control you, open your hearts, and you live the dream. Um, but I think it's also my nature, champion bodybuilder, VP in career-wise, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. What I have to prove to myself every day is, is my home life helping my wife and helping my daughter. I had a chat with my oncologist the other day and he says, Gideon, we're looking at decades. We don't we don't have to worry about day to day. We're looking at decades. Senna will be in high school next year. She'll be pretty much independent. She probably won't even want to hang around with me. <laughs> and um, I would have the opportunity again to get back into maybe career mood and career means uh, coaching full-time. I think the one thing that struck me is you really have nothing to prove, right? I mean, that really would be the ego stroking part of it. But when just listen to what you're saying there about, you know, when your place of humility, your role is to come along and support your, your wife and your daughter and to create the home environment that will allow all of you to thrive. This is a season that you're in. You are in a season. It's not exactly. permanent. It's a season. And exactly. you have embraced the season right now as you're working through it, reinventing yourself um, in different ways so that you can still support the family, but just in a different way. And it's yeah. okay. And it's okay. And I think, you know, finding that place and being at rest with it allows you to even thrive even more. And um, I think that's a great thing. You know, you're not defined by a job. You're defined by God. Amen. And your obedience to him then opens up the opportunities for you to continue to impact lives as you follow his lead. So that's great. That's great. So what are some of the things that you do with your family? Well, of course, we go on walks. We play board games. We, we don't eat out that much because we are very... Um, careful with our diet, but we do eat out. Um, we have a summer home in Georgia, so we spend summers out there. Um, with the past few years with COVID, we haven't spent much time out in Georgia. Um, but we spend time mm -hmm. with relatives, close relatives, 
um, we have we have my cousin Eugene in Chicago um, we visit they visit so we enjoy ourselves yeah. uh, we have gone through a lot all of us have gone through a lot um, mm-hmm. Sana has gone through a lot Kishi has gone through a lot um, so we, we, we cherish every moment we have we never miss dinner that's a privilege mm-hmm. so that's one thing we do we always check in mm-hmm. we always check in at the dining table Kisha and I check in after Sena goes to bed. Yeah, That's we live life. You live life, you live it to the full. But I keep hearing that just the intentionality, you're intentional, you're intentional, you're intentional about making every moment count. And that makes, it makes all the difference. Hmm. So you said that you are involved in the, quite a number of different organizations. You talked about the diaspora. You also talked about the, uh, the health organizations as well. You are doing the coaching at the moment, but you are also a champion for the research. I believe is that what you said before the, that you were the, champion the, for the research. Again, the beautiful thing, which in God's own way, I didn't know what's going to happen, was I get to do advocacy work mm-hmm. for people with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, in two, two, two huge institutions in, in medicine, the UW Health System and then the GHC. Uh, GHC is Group Health Cooperative of Southwestern um, uh, Wisconsin and UW is University of Wisconsin um, Hospitals. There is joy when you can see somebody smile, when you can see somebody say thank you for something which you don't think should be thanked, you should be thanked for. Mm-hmm. There's joy and satisfaction in that. Um, God has his own way of putting you in places. And so I find myself helping somebody to understand that when you go into a doctor's visit, you must have a list of questions which you would ask the doctor. That seems so straightforward to me, but some patients, it's not straightforward to them. So I get to help in a little way and say, this is what I did. And this is what you might want to do to help just cope with your illness. There's always work to do. And there's always a need for volunteers to do stuff. I get that privilege of serving, serving, serving. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're built to serve. Even besides the health, I get opportunity in the community to help Africans adjust to the various uh, challenges you you face as an immigrant. The culture coming from Africa and adjusting to the states, structural race issues, structural um, cultural issues, you need somebody to help you navigate. Mm -hmm. And like I've spent over a decade here, I can help people navigate that. That's another privilege and position I get to serve the community. Mm. I also had the privilege when Sena was in elementary school to serve supervising students in the cafeteria. It's always a pleasure to see these little ones, little people uh, navigate life and doing that service as well. Great Mm. joy to my heart. So yes, I'm doing a lot of stuff and I'm enjoying it. 
when I say I'm living the dream, to some extent, these are the things which I want to do and I get to do them. That's good. And I love the fact that you, you know, when Senna was in elementary school, you got involved that way. And so as she's just going through her life, as she's going through her growing years, you get to be part of that. So that in itself is is definitely a great blessing. I mean, Gideon, there's just so much to glean from everything that you've said so far. The question I have for all my guests is, what does it mean to you to live the candid life in the light of all the different things that you've walked through in your journey, in your health, as a coach, as a family man, what does it mean to you to live the candid life today? I, I, I think this is the way I look at it. That whisper, that quiet, gentle voice, which is telling you what to do. How do I listen to it? Am I able to listen to it? Is it prayer? Is it meditation? Is it somebody who I met in some meeting on the street who said one word or two words or three words, which resonated with me? Is that is is that it? Is that is that the voice that God is sending to me? Sometimes I don't know. I just follow the voice, and that's how I live the candid life. So how can people get in touch with you? How can they connect with you? I think the easiest way is to go onto my website, um, www.coachgid.com. So coach is C-O-A-C-H-G-I-D.com. And um, when you get onto the the website, um, there's a link where you can join me on Caring Bridge where you can learn more about my cancer journey. That's great. Gideon, it has been an absolute pleasure having you come on The Candid Life. Your journey truly has been inspirational, not just inspirational, but challenged us and empowered us to live differently and really be intentional about enjoying the moments that we have now. So what would be your final words before I give my final advice? To my final words is that we've just scratched the surface. So <laughs> round, round two. Um, I'll, 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 I'll pray that sometime in the future we can get together and have round two. Um, what I do today is I support the men in the sandwich generation who have pancreatic cancer and who are overwhelmed with anxiety and worry. Anxiety and worry it's not part of the deal that God gave us. Anxiety or worry is because we don't understand. And sometimes we're in a hurry and we are overwhelmed because we're in a hurry. We are in a hurry because we are overwhelmed. That's what I'll leave with your listeners. And I look forward to part two. I am going to have to bring you back anxiety and worry because we're in a hurry. And that is not part of God's deal for our lives. He said, don't be anxious. Don't worry, right? Okay, family, you heard him. Part two, part two. So thank you so much again, Gideon, for coming on The Candid Live. Listen, if you have been touched and blessed by what Gideon has shared today, please connect with me on Live The Candid Life 
at gmail.com. That's live the candid life at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at Lydia Goggle and listen on popular podcasts, including Afropods and also YouTube. Subscribe and share with friends and family. And I can promise you that one thing that if you listen to my guests, you will be inspired, challenged, and empowered to live differently so that you can impact this generation and the next. So until next time, remember your story matters. So live the candid life 24-7. God bless you. Thank you. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.